Could you download me? I download me. Hey, ladies and germs, welcome back to Fly Casual. If you haven't figured it out already by the creepy music, tonight we are talking about cinema classic Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, that's right. It's going to get weird tonight on another Fly Casual. Let's get ready to wrinkle! You guys didn't think I was going to start right off with a reference to that line, did you? Wow. All the way in. All yep. in. He's All in. First yep. first yep. thing. That's that's not the real line, though. Doing like a, <laughs> it's a, it puts the lotion on its skin thing. That would have been too easy. Too easy. Yeah. It's been done too that's easy. That's true. And that song's not playing during that. That's that's true. And we needed that song. That song was essential. I can't remember what. Mm-hmm. There is a song playing during that scene. I don't remember what it is, though. There's like the radio's on in the background. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Creepy. That. Buffalo girls, won't you come out tonight? Won't you no. come out tonight? Yeah. Won't you come yeah. out tonight? Don't touch me. Buffalo da, da, da. girls. Da, 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 da. Ladies and gentlemen. Don't touch me. Hello? It's time for an epic fly casual. We're going to talk about the weird stuff tonight, baby. We're talking about the weird oh, stuff. Gee. We don't get to do it very often because Howie gets squeamish. But we're doing <laughs> he it tonight. He's got, he's got a sensitive tummy. He does. <laughs> tum tum gets out. Oh. Yeah. Ow, ow. He doesn't like watching dudes eat their own brains. Real I mean, what's up with that? Brains. Yeah, in real life, you've seen worse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas I have not. <laughs> but that's why I'm okay with watching the fake stuff. <laughs> Anyhow. Uh, How he used to be a serial killer. That's, that's, true. that's true. That's true. We don't talk that's why he's seen things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, hey, fly casual Every episode day. number 307. Seven? Oh, what? look at that. Yeah. You got it wrong. I'm learning. Oh, it's wrong. It's 307.2. Well, oh, are we revising this? Was I not around for the first two takes? <laughs> no. 2.0. 307.2.0. So, uh, without further ado, I'm Corey over there. It's Mike. Hey. Hey, Mike. What's up? How are you guys doing? You guys ready for some podcasting tonight? Dude, I'm ready for podcasting all week long. <laughs> yeah. All it's been week. a busy week, so I didn't get to do a lot of prep work. So this is going to be interesting tonight. Oh, yeah. It's really going to have lost the luster <laughs> that it usually has. <laughs> that nice, fine polish. I know. That I know. You know that, that Might that be a little dull tonight. Spit shine that we normally <laughs> buff on there. I know. We spit shine that turd real good. Speaking of turds, over there, Master <laughs> Control Mr. Stephen J. Yeah, so legendary primal shotgun. Am I right? Uh, I mean, if I can get it, if you can get it, I I mean, I can't even find the purple one most of the time. Yeah, I don't think I've ever had one. That's how I own people, dude. Legendary primal SMG. I learned legendary primal SMG like zeroes in like a laser. The longer you fire it, I punch some fools with that (laughs) with that bad boy. That's a Odd mechanic. Mm-hmm. Spray them yep. bullets. What's funny? Like, that's what Bastion does. That's true. Yeah. Is that, that like is the true. gun from uh, Fifth Element where you fire one bullet? Yeah, they all go to the all same the other, spot. All the other yeah. Bullets. Nice. Not yeah. quite like that. No, it also shoots faster. Like it starts slower and speeds up a little bit. So there's that. Did Speaking of that, about the little red button. <laughs> don't ever push the little red button. I don't want to push the little red button. A true warrior. Speaking of the little red <laughs> button, across <laughs> pond down a few, Mr. Garrick, not Jay Hardy. That's me. I'm your little red button. That's right. <laughs> beep, That's beep. why the ladies love him. That's little right. red butt. What? <laughs> Got him. You guys smacking that butt. Butt. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> oh man. You said butt. I did. I did. So did Howie. Howie said it it's first, good, Steven. It's good times. It is. Same, it is. When we're butt. saying butt, it's always fun. That's how we have fun. Yeah. Around mm-hmm. here. Um, I I'm gonna have to say though, you guys are talking about that line from the movie that goes with the song. Which yeah. one? Which <laughs> line? I'd me um, I'd me. I every time you guys talk said the line, I was just hearing it in the Padme voice. <laughs> <laughs> Not too far bang, off. Bang, 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 bang. We must do something. <laughs> he did, uh, dude, he's pretty much doing the same voice Natalie Portman does uh, <laughs> when she is Queen Amidala. Yeah. He's, that's pretty much the same the same part of the vocal cords <laughs> that is that guy's voice. I but think he overlaid the vocals on that, didn't he? I have in no studio, idea. yeah, he totally did. I have no idea. I, I know no, some Padme, backgrounds. Padme's vocals and oh and no, that's Phantom Menace. <laughs> that's what he did. Padme's vocals. I, I was confused. yes, of course. <laughs> she was dubbed over. They're like, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> I thought you were going deep before we even got past the intro stuff, but we're not going to go any further until we talk about what is up your docket face. Ooh, up my docket. Drink. Uh, Gear goes first. Woohoo! I get to go first. <laughs> He's hey, just getting uh, you out of the way, man. Sorry. Remember a while ago when we bared all for our listeners? <laughs> we, uh, uh-huh, yeah. we dumped our internet yeah. history and our oh, Netflix. Yeah. Recommendations. Probably our worst episode ever. Whoa, really? That was all right. I don't I've know. Gotten, I've gotten some feedback on that. Oh, wait. We didn't talk about those. All yeah. the bad sex we went to. What? Mike. I took that was a separate, one of that my was a dark Netflix, web podcast. Took one of my Netflix recommendations that oh, I thought geez. was a little strange. Oh, boy. Here we I go. didn't see him up my alley. Uh, but I, uh, I watched the old uh, <laughs> Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. I want to watch that. But. <laughs> That, but that's not what it, it is. It's relevant. But that's not what, what we were is. talking about. We were talking yeah. about butts. But it's not funny in this context. <laughs> <laughs> Garrick, you're just not funny. <laughs> well, it got it got it's getting a lot of buzz recently. Yeah. I guess. But I, I, I watched it before it got the buzz, so I'm I'm cool. Oh dang, you're like the hipster of Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Yeah, that's right. Watched it like five months after it came out. Which, yeah. Yeah. Total there. hipster. So it's uh it's uh, on Netflix right now. I think I originally read this to Netflix. Got Chadwick Boseman. Yeah, do. The the late Chadwick Boseman, rest in peace. Late great Chadwick. His, yeah, late great. It's his last acting role before he unfortunately passed away. And uh, I will say, if I didn't know he had something going on with him before he passed away, I, af- after I watched this movie, I would definitely would have been questioning it. Yeah, he didn't look healthy. He, is, he looked like a, a buck tin soaking wet. It was... Ooh. Pretty rough, that is rough. <laughs> I must now, say, but especially now knowing, yeah, that sucks. Yeah, and, and I, I think that added. It, it, he got nom- He's been post posthumously nominated for Academy Award for his his acting in the movie, mm. which I he did. I think he well deserved. But the fact that he passed away and his character so tragic in the movie, it just like yeah, yeah it, double feels. It, it just added it. that extra layer of emotion mm. for uh, me at least. Yeah. I do want to watch that though. Yeah, it, I will say starting off, I didn't know what it was because it, it just seemed weird to me for 
for a minute there. And then I was like, oh, is this based on a play? And sure enough, it was. Because yeah. you know how, I, I don't know if the, what the technical term is, but when people act in a play, it's different than how they act in a movie. Well, I mean, it's just two completely different methods. In a play, you're yeah. projecting for an audience, whereas in a exactly. movie, you're holding back because the camera, the camera yeah. multiplies. You're, you're trying to be acting. in a play. You're being inclusive of the audience, even right. though you're not in, in the movie. It's it's just whoever's on screen with you and maybe the director. Yeah. So they were doing that acting where they were like the in, intonation of their voices. They were, it, it was just done in a way where they were including the audience. And I just wasn't used to seeing that in a movie, but halfway through, I'm like, okay, I, I see, I see it's a play. This is, this is pretty great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so basically the story is there's this uh, famous jazz singer. Um, I can't remember her name, but uh, she has this one song they're going to record. And that's the whole movie is about them trying to get this one song recorded for, for the record producer. And uh, it's it's the song's Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, which is an innuendo in the song. If if you listen to it, it's pretty funny. But I think that the the uh, main singer is played by Viola Davis. And okay. she's, she does really really good in it too. Like, is it actually her singing? Good. I've never heard her sing. I don't think. Yeah, she she does great, man. She has that raspy like uh, jazzy voice and all that stuff. It's she's so one good. of those people. It's like no matter what movie she's in, if the movie's good or not, you're gonna like her in it. Like she stands yeah. out no matter what she's in. Yeah. Well, she plays Ma Rainey. That's oh, right. well, there stands <laughs> out anyhow. This, yeah. yeah, we know about that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Chadwick Boseman, he's just like, he, he's a uh, uh, up and coming, like young buck trumpeter. And he's with all the, her backup band. Who's all these like older guys who've been, you know, they've been doing this for a while and they know they want to do it a certain way, but he wants to do it his way because he thinks his way will sell more up in this, like New York and all that on, and all the other States yeah, or cities. Uh, Cause they're in Chicago, I think. Um, so yeah, it, I mean, Chicago's just, jazz is pretty, pretty deep. Yeah. Not everybody understands <laughs> it the way we do. You know, yeah. Man. So you got, you got that head to head. Like they, they're like, just shut up, man. You're, you're the new guy. Just do it as you're, as, as she tells you to, mm. she's the boss, you know? And he's like, no, my way's better. And he, you know, he kind of goes behind Ma Rainey's back to the, producers kind of telling him how his way is going to be so much better but it, it it's a it's a great drama uh, there's a lot of like 19 i think it's in the 1940s maybe 1920s do they ever perform at the green mill no it all takes that's another thing because it's a play yeah and that's another way you can tell because there's there's very few set pieces okay it basically takes place in two rooms gotcha. in a hallway so it's almost so like that, kind of like okay that makes sense yeah so that that's basically it uh, so yeah, it's a 1920s. So obviously there, there's that racial tension going on and also in the background and that, that gets addressed a lot. So yeah, I, I think it's a, it's a pretty good movie. And if you want to see Chadwick Boseman and feel really sad at the same time, <laughs> really sad, you should check it out. Cause I, he's, I think I'm gonna, you know, he, he, I like really good. I like when they do a good film version of a play, not like a, you know, adaptation, but like mm -hmm. the actual play on film. Yeah, um, it, but it's it, not well, done well that often. <laughs> no, it, that's the thing. Like it, it's it's shot like a movie. Like it's yeah. not like they're on a. It's not like Hamilton where they're on a stage and there's yeah. a live audience, right? But yeah, all the like the framings more like a movie. Like they do a lot of close up shots and that kind of stuff. Yeah, but it reminds everything's me, staged Dust, like a play. Dustin Hoffman did uh, Death of a Salesman, 
I think in the, the, the way that you're talking about, I haven't seen it in a very long time, but I remember liking it a lot because it felt so different from if someone had just done like a screenplay rather than the stage play. It it felt really different. And somehow it felt more intimate. And I don't even know if that, that feels like it should be the opposite of true, but it was, I liked it a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize that it was that format that, that makes me want to see it. He has one. I I don't know when the Academy Awards is, but I assume when they're going to play the clip where he was nominated for, he does this really long uh, soliloquy basically. And it's really powerful and, and awesome. And he does, he just like nails it. It's, it's great. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that yeah, one. Let's there, wrap there's up. a lot. It is rated R. There's a lot of uh, N words in there. So if you're offended by that, uh, maybe don't watch it, I guess. <laughs> is it, is it uh K2SO yelling it over and over again at a baseball player? <laughs> no, it's because that it's was just, the most awkward use of that. I've seen it. It's, in a long it's time. mostly the, the band members calling each other that, in I guess right. a friendly manner. Ah, uh, ah, uh, yes. Yeah. I listen to gangster rap. I can handle it. Yeah. I, I watched The it. Wire, so <laughs> yeah, come on, please. You're, yeah, you're in. <laughs> Speaking of awkward things, Mike, dock it. Well, boys, I have told you that I'm putting back my studio together and I'm getting real close. And then uh, I got a phone call from one of the boys. <laughs> Did Garrett just make a fart sound? <laughs> I thought I heard it. It wasn't me. <laughs> it wasn't me. <laughs> it was my. Uh... Oh. It was your butt. Is my butt. <laughs> it's my butt. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost as funny as bottom and butt. Well, I, let's just say I put Anger. the studio together in time because the band called and we're do. Apparently, we're doing a gig, so I'm rehearsing again. So, blows my mind. Yeah, oh, your I'm excited feeling? about this. Uh, they're a little rough. <laughs> yeah, I don't have the calluses I once had. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so you guys cutting the ribbon on a new retirement facility, or <laughs> <laughs> right, right, or it's a bunch of. Uh, well, one of our friends is turning fifty. That's so yeah, well, I mean, yeah. So live at Shady go. Acres. Yeah, right, uh, yeah. exactly. So yeah, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a bunch of uh, mid forty to early fifty somethings getting together and getting very, very, very drunk. The, uh, this sounds the like a great called, documentary. The, the concert's <laughs> called Still Still Kinda Live Aid. The problem is for Mike is it's before Easter. No, 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 no. It is after Easter. Thank, <laughs> thank <laughs> Rehearsal is tomorrow, so that's before oh, Easter. You only have one so I'm rehearsal? not gonna be able to I'm not gonna be able to chill with my homies tomorrow, but oh well. Chilling <laughs> with my homies. They'll all be getting drunk and you'll just be pretty much tight and frustrated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Chicken and macaroni. I'm excited about y'all having the original drummer back. Yeah. I've never even met him. I've yeah. met like 30 other drummers you guys have had, but not that one. <laughs> they all spontaneously combusted, right? Yeah, that's part of the show. It's not spontaneous. It's on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's always Very fun getting together with these guys. I mean, we're at a stage of life now. We hardly ever see each other. So just any excuse to get together and just play some music and hang out. It was like yeah. the old days when we when we get together when we were like twenty years old, we'd go to one of the guys' house that was lived out on a farm, and we just would go out into the barn basically and set up and play, and we'd be at rehearsal. And the next thing you know, there's like thirty people there, and it was a party. And mm-hmm. that's kind of what these have been the last couple times we've gotten together. So uh, I'm excited. It's fun. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah. That's that's yeah. super pretend neat. pretend we're, we're pretend we're young again. Yeah, mm-hmm. but then go to bed earlier. <laughs> yeah. All right, it's nine o'clock. Everybody out. Yeah. <laughs> this has been fun, guys. But that sun's almost down. <laughs> almost. <laughs> and so I'm I very excited. I haven't had that. my Sanka yet. <laughs> Howie Docket. All right. 
Um, I was debating on my docket. Uh, you got to commit, bro. You got to you got to double so, down. But there was this one episode. I'm actually going to talk about a specific episode of Vikings. Oh, really? Ooh, that spoiler alert. That kind of. I don't want to say like it hit me really hard, but it was like really impactful for me in yeah. in this TV series of Vikings, which I just was finished like se- last. Was it week. the sex party one? It was, was the sex, sex party, and that was Brave New World. Oh right, um, there was lots of those in every Brave New show World. Has a sex I get my sex party shows mixed up. <laughs> right, um, it was season four, episode fourteen. Oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, every time it doesn't matter what show <laughs> season four episode 14 i'm out <laughs> it's the, <laughs> different it, strokes dude that was dudley in the bike in the bike shop it was, oh no not that one <laughs> how funny would it be if that was true though if that actually was season right, four now, you episode. Got, now you gotta look it up crap <laughs> all right you keep talking yeah so it was the episode where um ragnar and ivar went landed <laughs> got beached on uh in wessex and um ah, season five episodes 16 and 17 oh, oh. It, was a, it was a very Whoa, special that was a two-parter. two-parter yeah Ooh, wow. gross um so he's taken around like they they had this they had the storm and it flipped them over and so yeah i got beached so the the start of episode 14 was them coming on on the beach and and all that kind of stuff and that was fine and good i mean mm-hmm. the, the part of the episode and him and his son decided to kill all the people they brought with them um ivar uh yeah ivar classic ivar classic that's, ivar. that's an ivar that's a patented ivar move right there amazingly i mean he's pretty amazing fighter not having any use of either leg right uh legs uh but what really struck me was uh of course Ragnar's whole thing is he's he's given himself up to uh Ekbar. Ekbert. Ekbert. Egbert. 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 Of Wessex. El El Egbert of Hoovendale. King Roman Bath. I like that. He that conversation that him and Eckbert and Eckbert. Oh yeah, that's some of the most brilliant dialogue it of was, any show. Yeah, it was beautiful, mm-hmm. and it is. If you haven't watched the show up until that point, and you just watch this episode, you're like, oh, whatever. But all the culmination to that point, yeah, made that conversation that they had. Because here's two people who th- they come from vastly different worlds, vastly different cultures. Yeah, but there's there. Uh, their mind is interested in other things as well than what they just grew up with. Yeah, they they have the privilege of both being kings. Yes. But they have all of the same limitations uh, that mm-hmm. are brought by being a king. All those same like responsibilities and burdens of ruling. Yeah. And so even though they are dramatically different people, they are the only two people that understand each other yep. on that level and here you have one who's a prisoner of another but they both consider each other friends of a sort even though they've been enemies right uh yeah i agree that was a powerful episode yeah i was like 
man, I wasn't. And the thing is, I wasn't expecting it. Mm-hmm. And then it just like they're having this. I'm like, oh my goodness! It just hit me how beautiful that that dialogue was. And they, of course, the acting; those two actors. Oh yeah, amazing. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, it, it, it Ragnar's. He's trying to get himself killed. Yeah, he's literally trying to die. He's ready he's, to be he done. He tried to hang himself, and the crows wouldn't let him. Yep. <laughs> Presumably Odin. Yep. But, um, <laughs> Odin is a raven. Would not let him mm-hmm. hang himself because it knocked the branch down that he's trying to hang himself. Yep. He couldn't die in a storm on the way to This England. is where it crosses over with American gods, right? <laughs> uh, sure. Actually, that's, that's the moment <laughs> that Odin went to America. Even mm-hmm. though that isn't you know, whatever. Um, so yeah, that, I mean, that's, I I've, was like, I now, is didn't that know the, to bring up a specific episode, but I just, is that the cool. episode where Ragnar, uh, does meet his, and I don't want to spoil too much, but does eventually achieve what he's out to achieve. Or is that the next one? Uh, it's it's the next one. The it, next one. He's, they, they pretty much, he's pretty much, it, it, they didn't specifically say, but he pretty much, Decided to give him up to, um, the king a- a- of Aeoli. Uh, yeah. No, yes, king king Ariola, <laughs> Ariola of Northumbria. Yeah. Ariola, yeah. king Ayla. Ayla, thank you. Ayla, uh, yes. Which, it, <laughs> I feel like, and you guys will know this, and I don't, but I feel like this is Ragnar's last big plan, mm-hmm. uh, because it's it's pretty obvious that they're going to come back and attack whoever mm-hmm. <laughs> kills Ragnar. And I think that's a, he's like, I want to die. And in doing so, I want to create some. Yeah. Havoc. This if, is if like, I've, I've abandoned for the last, what, 10, 15 years. Yeah. Like totally abandoned my people. This is the best way that I can unite my people and unite my sons and all this. It's not, they're not even saying it. That's the brilliant right. part. None of this is spoken. Right. It's all they're danced around it, but you can see it in his eyes yes. and the way he acts. The guy who played Ragnar Lothbrok is just oh, oh man, a, that dude's awesome, just ball burstingly good. Yes, <laughs> and uh, the dude who plays Eckbert's pretty great too. Yeah, and yeah, I, I, the whole scene then, and you know, this is years ago, so I hope we're not spoiling it too terribly for anybody. That was like 2016. It's also yeah. only halfway through the series, really. Yeah. Um, but uh. Yeah, Ragnar's speech that he gives when they're getting ready to execute him is probably one of the most powerful moments in the series I, to me because he's literally giving all the people around them, he's ready to die. He's looking at all of them as you guys are just people doing what you think you need to do and you're going to kill me and we're going to you're going to feel better about it. I'm going to feel better. This is what's going on in his head. Yeah. Finally, you know, we'll have some closure to this in some fashion, but he knows he needs to play the part of the bad guy. Well, so he's yeah. yelling out all these Viking things at these, you know, yep. these English, these Northumbrians, just to try to rile them up and get them even angrier to make sure that they feel it's a good end yeah. for him, even though he's the one dying. <laughs> but he's he's throughout this whole series, he's been great at that. I mean, he oh, went yeah. and got himself baptized yep. just to be able to be <laughs> put in a coffin, <laughs> taken into the cathedral and then jump out. Yeah, it's, uh, you know. That guy, he is as close to a god in in the story yeah, as yeah. as any human could be. Now, I mean, all of this is historicity. Like these are all like people. All these names are people from the Viking sagas. They didn't have a good written language, so the sagas yeah. were just passed down verbally. 
but Ragnar Lothbrook, his sons, you know, mm. Uba, Bjorn the Bjorn Ironside, Ivar the Boneless, all yeah. of them, sons of Ragnar, like, you know, the uh, other ones. I don't know that Lagertha <laughs> I don't the remember if ones. Lagertha and him were ever said to be man and wife. But I know that what's the second wife's name? She got that horrible was, sounding name. I just watched her. That tall. Oh, it's Astrid, right? No, no not Astrid. No, no, no. She's got just a vile sounding. You're talking name. about Ragnar's second. Yeah, the tall wife. chick with the cheekbones. It's just crazy. Has a horse. Either face. way, yeah, she's yeah. got a really kind of horse face. But anyway, like her and him were definitely said to be married. And you know, they talk about her parents. Like mm-hmm. her father slayed a dragon. Her mother was a shield maiden. All that is from the actual sagas. Real yeah. the the real quote end quote sagas. And I've really gone down some rabbit holes on Wikipedia reading about what what that is believed to be about all these different semi-historical figures. And it's, it's crazy. The one thing that blew me away though, was that, you know, the priest Athelstan Ragnar is essentially best friend. Well, that's one of the things I want to bring up about this episode too, but go ahead. Yeah. yeah. Athelstan, like when I read about who Athelstan was a saga is that he was one of like the Danish or Swedish King that fought in all these wars and stuff, but then was baptized, essentially baptized by the English after kind of quote, losing a battle end quote. And named Athelstan. I'm like, oh, that's nothing like what they did here. We had two people named Athelstan, and that's not even. And I see, watch the last episode, and I go, oh, <laughs> oh, you're not even there yet, no, are you? No, yeah, there's, and I'm not. Doesn't tell you anything about what I'm no. talking about. Garrick knows what I'm talking about. And I was just like, mm-hmm. oh, yep, they, yep, yep. Oh, you got me. But yeah, that that was another interesting thing that brought these two men together as well is their love for Athelstan. Yeah, he, uh, and then. <laughs> the backup second <laughs> King Eckbert Eck, Eck, I can't Eckbert Eckbert okay I got it right uh, he brings out his Ragnar's long lost son that yeah. he had no had idea Magnus Magnus and <laughs> and then they gave him the most stereotypical Viking name they yeah. could think of <laughs> uh, Magnus I named him after and then Ragnar just laughs and said I never had sex yeah. with that woman he said, you truly are a miracle yeah I understand what really a miracle now he goes, yeah I understand your miracles now because <laughs> I never had sex with her <laughs> she pieced on my wounds yeah. uh, so of course <laughs> <laughs> no love for that kid anymore. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> Bye. I almost but, feel like he's like the most tragic character in the whole <laughs> series. Yeah. This l- short well, little no. blonde English Bjorn's kid who thought daughter he was... is the most tragic character. In the... the little girl. Yeah. That just dies and they laugh at her because she died. They laughed at her. What are you talking about? Bjorn's first daughter. From the chick who just. Ran up, got up and left because her face was. Like, oh, oh right, I forgot about her. I was thinking of the little girl when the. Uh, never mind. Yep, I'm assuming. <laughs> yeah. I'm assuming the story just keeps going. The the uh, mother, the one who got her face all. I can't up. remember her name. Yeah, I'm assuming she got another gig someplace. She doesn't come yeah. back. Right, and so they're like, "What do we do with this daughter? We don't know what to do with her now." Yeah. Okay, we'll just die and make them laugh at it. I, <laughs> that was pretty tragic. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, but the having Athelstan's son and that moment that mm-hmm. Ragnar he just looks at him and knows. And the, yeah, and that son is Alfred, who becomes King Alfred, who is uh, Alfred the Great, who is considered like the first real like ruler of all England. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I don't know that he actually officially was, but Alfred the Great is considered, I believe, to be like the first English king rather than, you know, the different kings of the different, you know, whatever provinces, whatever the heck they were called, the different kingdoms within England. Yeah. Wessex, Northumbria, uh, Mercia, and more. And the rest. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and the rest. Um, it was, it, and this also was exciting for me because season four had been a little bit of a slog. Yes. Uh, at least up until this point. And then, you know, the part two section, I'm assuming, you know, well, when they leap forward, it's probably the B. You're thrust four. into the adulthood of all these sons. Yeah. And none of them, none of them is that likable other than Bjorn. Right. He's like the only one that you're even like that has been around (laughs) since the first episode, more or less, even though he was just a little kid. Right. And you're like, like, all right, okay, you two are the ones that wandered off and got, uh, what's her, you know, uh, Siggy killed. (laughs) So you guys suck. Uh, you're the one who stabbed a little kid trying to play Frisbee. You suck. Like all of them are just awful in their own right, but. And it takes a while, but they really try to earn it back, and they don't try to do it quickly. And at first, there was about a season after where you're at where I was like, I don't know if I can keep watching a show, and I had to slow down. I start watching one episode like every couple days, tops. Yeah. Because it was too depressing, but ultimately, that helps them earn it yeah. that much more toward the end. So, yeah, I'm, um, it's obvious they, they were, they're making a shift from ragnar to the sons which is perfectly fine right um and is actually probably necessary yeah i mean because obviously this guy cannot you know be the whole show yeah um and uh it's also well anyways no more i was really just talking about that that section that conversation and then alfred and meeting alfred and how how powerful that whole thing was it was pretty yeah pretty awesome yeah pretty good for history channel show huh (laughs) <laughs> yeah, seriously. Surprisingly good. Surprise like you know, it was made by uh what MGM or something. I can't remember if it was MGM. It was what made by one of the major studios. And that show is more cinematic than almost any show I've ever seen. You know, I remember like when Battlestar came out, we were all amazed at how Battlestar didn't seem like some kitschy TV show. It felt cinematic. Yeah. Like I don't feel like I mean, obviously it's older, but like I was blown away the first couple seasons until i got used to it with how they're wonderfully that i'm, show I'm noticing done. there's studios are tar- starting to take television more seriously oh yeah and you're starting to see more and more of this but mm-hmm. you know when this came out it was you know that's a pretty risky move yeah. i would think right. man what a show though yep man well that's i tough. was going to talk about something that came out this week that was out of my docket but I think I'm going to save that for next week because we got pretty hot and deep into Vikings. So I'm going to go with something lighter. Oh, lighter. I watched Murder Among the Mormons. Uh-oh, oh, Mormons. Much lighter. Yeah. They're getting the murders. Actually, I watched I watched two murder documentaries like wait with each other over oh. the course of a few days. And I both about Mormons? I felt, no, the other, well, there might have been some. Was um, the other one Mennonites? The other one was not Mennonites. It wasn't the Amish. It was neither. the Amish. Oh, I felt like I felt like like, I like thought this could Mike's be a whole wife series. was actually channeling through me because I was suddenly watching murder shows. <laughs> yeah, oh boy. Uh, yeah, I keep thinking you're gonna say murder she wrote. No. <laughs> no, no. I do want to watch more murder she wrote. I miss <laughs> yeah, murder. Man, she. Angela Lansbury. That was like my favorite show to watch at my grandma's house. 
because everything yeah. else was terrible. So when that was on, I was like, yeah. Um, <laughs> and Matlock. Matlock was great. Uh, so the other one that I was watching at the same time was um, Night Stalker. Both of these are docuseries on Netflix. Now, Night Stalker is the same guy who did the one about the Russian dudes who, uh, or the Russian dude and the Cuban dude or whatever who tried to buy a Russian sub and sell it to the Colombian uh, cartels. This is a true story. This is a thing awesome. that happened. You, I don't even remember the name of it, but you definitely need to go to the hell watch that because it's hilarious. <laughs> hilarious. This, this documentarian is brilliant. He was on Joe Rogan recently, which was a total happenstance i just happen to be watching these um but he's got another one called the five seven i think that i want to see i think that's what it's called i haven't seen it yet but anyway he did night stalker and i don't remember who did murder amongst the mormons but like basically i'd watch night stalker and then my wife would be like i can't watch another episode because i'm not gonna be able to sleep <laughs> wow and Pretty so good. she would start looking at her phone and then i would just switch over and watch episode of murder among the mormons <laughs> Night Stalker is about Richard Ramirez and basically the whole case. The, it's a docuseries about the two m primarily around the two uh, homicide detectives in uh, L.A. County who kind of led the whole investigation into figuring out who this guy was, who was like murdering, like murdering and raping people and then also like abducting children, raping them and then setting them free and like how they were figuring out how they were all connected. Everything. It is brilliantly done and by the end you want to take these two detectives who are still alive they're they're older but they're kicking fine you want to take these guys out for a beer so bad like so bad like they are just the coolest cats um it is a great series murder among the mormons was a story of i can't remember the guy's name but basically um i i don't want i don't want to say it all because i think a lot of people are not that familiar i was familiar with richard ramirez i remember all that I remember seeing it on the news a little, but I remember knowing about it after the fact. Was he the was he the Mormon murderer? No, no. The Mormon murderer guy was uh, yeah. this dude. Um, it was a big thing trying for them trying to figure out who blew up, like literally bombed like this several Mormon people. And like literally people. Yes. He oh, wow. bombed people. And uh, cool. I want I'm not going to say much more about that, because, again, I don't think many people know about it as it's not nearly as famous as the Night Stalker stuff was. I want to suggest you go watch on Netflix Murder Among the Mormons because it is. It's I mean, it's horrific, but it's 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 laughable. It, it, it It's hard to explain. It's it's the most dark, real comedy. And it's not presented as a comedy, but there is a dark comedy to some of these real life characters, like these you know, real people. That's funny. You know who directed it? Who? Jared Hess. That's right. Thank you. I forgot <laughs> all about that. At the end, I saw that. I went, wait, 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 wait. Is that the Napoleon Dynamite guy? And I had to look it up uh, to be sure. Cause I'm, and I saw that and I was like, and Oh, that actually is kind of, thank you, Gary. Cause I completely forgot. Cause this was literally at like 1230 at night when I had this thought and I said, I got to remember this. <laughs> and I didn't, <laughs> um, it takes place in the 80s. That's when it happened. And it's Salt Lake City in the 80s, which means it might as well be the late 70s, you know. <laughs> and it, the whole time when I found out it was Jared Hess, I was like, that makes sense. Because in, you know, the late 90s, early aughts, he was able to capture this awkward Western 80sism in Napoleon Dynamite mm -hmm. in a way that made us all like, oh, is this supposed to be the 80s? 
Because it feels, everything about it is so, like, all, every detail is all this 80s stuff that we kind of took for granted, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Caboodles and, and, and all that crap. <laughs> uh, and, and yeah, it, 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 uh, Jared Hess came in and did this, and it does that same thing. Even though this was just made recently, I mean, it takes you right back. I mean, of course, they're using actual footage, and it's all real footage, but every new shot, new camera thing, they were very careful to make it feel like it blends well and it's really entertaining really entertaining and kind of amazing i think it's only like three episodes real easy watch so murder among the mormons highly recommend if you can stomach night stalker because that's tough that is a brilliant piece of work i know i double dipped but i watched them at the same time they were snaked double around dipper yeah so anyhow that was my mike's wife view of, the, of last week <laughs> So, in the meantime, it's time for some news. News. Uh, 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 uh. Well, boys, what? Cowboy Bebop in the news this week. Oh, that's a good show. We're bringing it back, Mike. Uh, Mike, that's a good show. It is a good show. I have not wrapped yet. I still have three or four really? episodes to get. Damn, yet. they're they're canceling it again. They are not canceling <laughs> it again. It was never canceled. It was three one episodes season. of the movie. <laughs> there we go. Here we go. Woo, I'm gonna make you believe. You can talk over it. That's fine. I'm not turning it off. <laughs> no, we have to enjoy this for what it is. This is a work of art. But Nothing's gonna stop us now. Brilliant. All right. For those who don't remember or didn't watch our episode where we talked about this for about a month straight. And if you are watching our episodes, lay off the drugs. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Wow. Now, Cowboy Bebop, uh, one of the more uh, well-known animes, uh, came out in the late 90s, I believe. What, 99-ish? Got a lot of Western mm-hmm. exposure and Adult Swim in the late 90s. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Lots of exposure then. So, um one of the few animes that I actually enjoy Me very too. much. Actually, recently in, uh, introduced it to my daughter. She's a fan. Nice. So, yeah. So, um, great, great anime. The thing about it is, well, I think, Garrick, you described it as having the best Western reach of any anime out there. And I would agree yeah. with that. I mean, yeah. I, um, from the music to the to the subject matter, um, it's not a lot of like like pure anime, especially since I'm watching some with my daughter now. I find <laughs> the inner monologues are just like want me to rip my hair out. Yes, and no, I want to rip my own esophagus <laughs> out and beat myself to death while I'm choking. So some I of that some of that's kind of hard, but Cowboy Bebop's very good with that. There's some of that, but it's I I don't know Cowboy Bebop just does everything in just the right amount. I feel mm-hmm. like yeah so. it, yeah like it. L- it leans towards the Eastern styling of sure, storytelling, of course, right. but it doesn't it's overindulge. Classic, it's got classic it. anime tropes yeah. in it. But yeah, yes, there's a little right. of that inner monologue, like mm-hmm. in a little a fast little. pace. Right. The, you know, like the slow motion action that's, mm-hmm. you know, not, I don't want to say cheaply animated, but not, not luxuriously animated. Right. But done well and yeah. with with an appropriate amount of reserve. Right. Well, the, the inner monologues 
because it's more of a noir feel. Yeah, they, yeah, the, you're right. Like, yeah, and maybe that's why it fits. Trying to get know. a thought bubble from a, a manga page right. on the screen. Right. That's, exactly. That's fair. And yeah, you're right. Maybe because it's a fusion is why it works for us. Yeah. So well. So anyway, um, for those who don't remember, we reported this several months, actually last year, I think, because. Uh, uh, they are Netflix has bought the rights, and yep. they are doing a live action version of the show. Yep. Which, uh, if you'll recall, is not going to be a one to one recreation of the <laughs> the cartoon, which is probably good. Yep. Um, the uh, creator of the the manga, and who, I, I think he did both the manga and the anime, if I'm not mistaken, and I can't remember yeah. his name, but um, um, he is going to be in a consulting role uh, in this. So Hajime he, something. Yeah. Sounds right. Sounds right. Um, anyway, he won't be in a consulting role, so he's not going to be actively, super actively involved in this. Um, anyway, they're doing a live action version. Um, last year, right before COVID hit, they were filming. And if you'll recall, if you're a fan of this and have been following it, um, um, the star of the live action series and the name is slipping me at the moment. John Cho. <laughs> John, John Cho. Not to be confused with John Chu, which I do all the time. Um he was injured on set, and uh, they had to shut down production. And then all of a sudden, COVID hit, and guess what? We're delayed a year. So, yep. but all and I that said, I said, said. I, I have said that it was never going to finish because uh, I've just Netflix. Is I think they've to, tried this. They've tried this before, I believe, with the show. Yeah, and it just never got off the ground. I didn't. I honestly didn't think they'd finish. Uh, I, I don't know why. I was just doing gloom about it. But so anyway, apparently they just wrapped live. Sh uh, sh They've just wrapped shooting for season one. So yes. they are uh, moving forward with this. Um, I was reading the article. I saw some cool things like the the band that did the original music for um, the um, for the cartoon, the original anime, is going to be back doing music for the show. I thought oh, that cool. was pretty cool. So And they're not even together anymore. Apparently, they're pulling the band. Just like us. We're pulling the band yeah, back like together. just like you guys. <laughs> just like us. <laughs> just like us. <laughs> Except they're actually going to be doing something productive. Yeah. We're going to be losing brain cells. No, so it a, is different. Either way, everybody's ways. popping Tylenol arthritis before they start. <laughs> <laughs> truth. Truth. <laughs> so anyway, kind of excited about that. Uh, I don't know what you guys think about or have thoughts about. I'm I'm very excited about it because really? I'm ready for something different. Well, remember, I kind of enjoyed no, Cowboy yeah, Bebop. Yeah, I have not which watched was surprising. So that was yeah. that was a, a, a bomb. On I know that us. was. You guys were all ready for me to hate it, and I sat <laughs> quietly while you all gushed all over it, and then agreed. Is it is very good. I I again I, I haven't committed to watching more of it. I want to watch more. Now, of it. just haven't gotten around to it. But I I've watched this show as soon as it I got to say I'm cautiously optimistic because most animes that have attempted <laughs> to be brought to live action are but not it, very but good. But again, this the the genre and the way this is done lends itself to possibly. Yeah, and you know what? What if, what if I can guarantee a Neil Patrick Harris cameo? Oh, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> like a really misogynist a little little yeah. Harold and Kumar yeah. <laughs> reference going on. <laughs> that would be great. That would be awesome. That would be kind of cool, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? <laughs> he just so. runs across the screen and says, Harold? Yeah. And he looks at Cautiously optimistic, but I don't know. Back to what you guys, when you guys were talking about Vikings and all that stuff. I mean, the, the fact that studios are a little more focused now on, you know, good quality TV production because, you know, well. Cinema's been basically shut down, so yeah. there's a lot more focus mm -hmm. on that. So yeah, maybe that's even more reason to be cautiously optimistic because you know maybe they've really taken the time to really you know hash this out. And 
put together a good product. I don't know. I hope so. I mean, it sounds like they got a good cast. They've, they're, they're putting all the elements in place. So. I like last, Sulu. Yeah, there you go. The last <laughs> time uh, they tried to do a, a live action anime produced by Netflix was Death Note, which is hugely popular anime. They completely destroyed it. It was terrible in every possible yeah, way. That's that's so <laughs> hoping it won't be that bad. Yeah, but John Cho is great. Yeah, that's good. I love him. I don't think I've ever so, seen him in anything that I didn't like. It's good. I mean, the they got good guy stars from uh, the boys in it. Which one? Guy from the boys, huh? Translucent. Oh well, I wouldn't know who that is because he's <laughs> invisible. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, if it isn't the invisible, I won't say. It. Alex Hassel. Is his name. Somebody yeah. actually played him. That's I'm confused. <laughs> I guess just the voice. Yeah, that dude. That yeah. oh, that's what he looks that's, like. That's okay, what, that's what translucent looks like. That looks like the guy from Heroes. <laughs> well, now I need to see if he's in there. What a great, I don't think it's him. That was a great death scene with translucent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I, I, didn't I haven't seen it yet. Aww. I haven't even started watching it. That's right. You're a you verse to the it. violence. <laughs> it's pretty show, violent, but it's the greatest that violence is ever. Mega violent, violent, but it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it's always done to comedic effects. So yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Okay. <laughs> like driving a boat into a whale carcass. <laughs> yeah, so I was just thinking the same thing. Yeah, the, or the Aquaman laser guy, vision, laser eye visioning a, Liz, a crowd listen. of people. Yeah. Yeah. an entire oh my crowd. God, of people. That was so I frightening. Watch, I watched Vikings. That's pretty violent. Mm. Truth. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they blood eagle people. Yeah, but it is is it Superman lasering a crowd of people violent? Like literally <laughs> it's not hilarious. Just sweeping violent. it back and forth and there <laughs> that scene is not hilarious either. Let no. me be sure that we are clear. <laughs> that was that scene is horrific. <laughs> <laughs> does it does it have oh. people's heads randomly exploding? Yeah, just around a room and everybody's freaking out because they don't know if their head's gonna you, be the next you one. You have someone <laughs> talking to a head that's on the ground that Oh, that's you, true. You're like a, a, Talking to Might as well have been playing the 1812 overture at that point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, boys, that's all I had for news. That's all you have for news, man. Goodbye. Aw, gee. That's uh, Porkins by the week. <laughs> for the uninitiated. <laughs> I don't know if y'all know this. But Ted, Devine, Ted Levine, the dude who played the Buffalo Bill in The Silence of the Lambs. Oh, yeah. Gross. Yeah. So <laughs> the, when when they wrote the script, they look at the book and they say, this dude's dancing around in his makeup with his thing tucked between his stuff and and trying to act all nasty with himself. And they're like, we ain't, put, we ain't putting that in a script. I ain't going in a movie. We ain't going to put that in front of people. We ain't going to do that to people. But think. then Ted Levine showed up on set and he said, the hell you aren't? <laughs> That's my... That's my spotlight of the movie. He said, roll them damn camera. They took two shots of tequila, and that's what we got today. <laughs> that's all Ted, baby. We're that's, doing it. That's true. He did take two shots of tequila right before they shot that scene. I don't blame him. <laughs> yeah. But he's the one that pushed to get it in the movie. That, that's two doesn't cool. seem like enough to me, personally. They said that that scene was vital to understanding the psych. It really, the, the it really yeah, I mean... I mean, you're right. That scene really does set up like, oh my gosh, you know. Right. I mean, because okay, oh yeah, he's got a girl in a hole, and you know, rub the lotion. Blah, yeah, blah, blah. and he's cutting pieces off of people. Yeah, right. Okay, great. But just seeing him actually dress full garb in now, that scene. The oh god. Funny thing is, I don't know if you could do that scene in a movie today. No, of course not. But we're gonna get into Two that right now. Of- 
Friends of the Lambs. There you go. There's my Ace Ventura quote. Here's Johnny. Oh, there's... <laughs> was that was that a Cable Guy? No. Oh, was it Cable Guy? I thought it was Ace Ventura. Oh, yeah. Ace Ventura. I knew it was one of his movies. Yeah. You do not yeah. want to go in there. <laughs> Woo! Uh, Sounds of the Lambs, 35 year anniversary. Funny thing was, I got it right and Garrett corrected me with the wrong date and then Garrett corrected himself, but the damage was done. <laughs> Too late. Too it's late. Garrett's yep. fault. 30 it's a, year. It's a Mandela effect. It is. It is. 30 year. And I cut myself with those when I'm slicing potatoes. 30 year anniversary. No, that's the mandolin effect. Oh, yeah, same thing. That's what you said. Yeah. Ah, uh, of Silence of the Lambs, <clears throat> which is Crazy. why we chose to pull this out of the hat and talk Happy about it. Happy birthday <laughs> to Hannibal <laughs> Lecter eating people's faces. Two multiple mix throwing semen in people's face. Mr. President. Yeah. Ah, yeah. uh, boy, Silence of the Lambs. I saw this movie at a young age. And <laughs> How young? I think I was about... 12 or 13. Oh, Ooh, that, that wow. Yep. Scarred. Here's the thing. There's several things. I that didn't... explains a lot. Actually. It does. It really There does. are several <laughs> things I didn't pick up on when I first saw the film that I later I was like, oh, that. Oh, oh, that's what he's flinging at her. Like things like, you know, there were things that are just lost on me. Uh, not that I didn't know such things existed, but they just, you know, they go by quickly. And uh, I hadn't watched this movie since like college. And my daughter, I was talking about I was going to need to watch it. My daughter's like, can I watch it? And I let her watch some pretty harsh films. And I was like, mm, let me watch it again and make <laughs> sure. And I watched it again. And oh, hell no. Hell no. I know that a lot of it would be lost on her, but hell no. Am I going to let her watch this movie? This movie is disturbing. Yes. Oh, yeah. In Very. such a wonderful way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because to it some. is... It is not <laughs> disturbing, and it's not trying to go. Look, look at the, look at how crazy, look at how disturbing, look at how, look at how. Uh, it's it's not doing that. It's like very quickly things happen and change mm -hmm. in this movie, and you're exposed to things that are horrific. But it's not. It never once like grinds the camera into something to like make you just really stick your nose in it. It yeah, it, it never, gives you it dances around it enough, gives you a glimpse, and moves on. It never really settles on a set genre because there's elements of horror, thriller, yeah. detect, detective, yeah. suspense, right. thriller, neo-noir, yeah. crime. It's It's got a little bit of everything. So Some mystery, right? Like it could rely heavily on horror because there's enough in there to, to do that, but it really enough. was kind of unique for its time. It I mean, in the type and what it was attempting to accomplish. And I don't even know. I mean, what it did accomplish, I don't even know if it was like completely, you know, thought out, you know, prior to being filmed and then put together. Well, you I mean, know what was, I mean? It was a book. I, yeah, it was a book. But what I'm saying mm -hmm. is, is I don't know if they could have predicted that the finished product would be as good as it was. No, I'm sure they couldn't. In <laughs> fact, there was a lot of discussion early on. It's on Silence of Lambs. Like, um, who was it that uh, I'm trying to remember who bought the rights? It was an actor. Gene Hackman. It was Gene Hackman. Gene Hackman bought the rights to the book. Wanted to make it, but then he saw himself in Mississippi burning and went, I can't do another dark role. <laughs> um, and so he handed it off. And then uh, Jodie Foster, who had been trying to buy the rights, but Gene Hackman swooped in and got him, mm. showed up. And the guy who got the rights was a guy who had just done Married to the Mob with Michelle Pfeiffer, 
which depicts the FBI in a really crappy light. But Jodie Foster famously having a stalker that the FBI had to get involved. Remember, the guy said he was oh, going to yeah. kill the president for mm-hmm. her. Yeah, oh, yeah. And the FBI uh, was involved. Yeah. And Jodie Foster was very happy with the FBI's behavior. And she went to him <laughs> and said, she went to him and said, and said, I want to do this movie, but you got to promise me you're not going to mock the FBI like you did in that last movie that you got all the accolades for. Right. He's like, no, 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 no. It's going to be good. And that's how it came about. Oh, interesting. Um, but yeah, like here you have Jodie Foster playing this, you know, young, almost FBI school grad mm-hmm. who uh, who literally has been like the FBI, like she feels like she owes her life to them. So she's like playing a passion role for her, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and I mean, this pretty young Jodie Foster. We don't have a plethora of Jodie Foster movies. We really don't. She just kind of comes out, dips and then takes, you know, yeah. Uh, and then they make a they make a poster that's just her face with her eyes blued up for some reason, <laughs> and then they cut and run. And I don't understand it, but because she's yeah, a great actress, but yeah, exactly. Like just blew up her eyes, put her face on it. We won't even tell people what it's about. It's fine. Well, even this movie coming together, though, I mean, was almost. I mean, I mean, you've kind of explained how it came to be, but prior to that. I mean, there was an attempt in 1986, and we we thought it was Red Dragon. Actually, the movie was called Man, Manhunter. 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 I remembered right. right when you started right. saying have, that. Have you seen that movie? I have. Um, okay. Actually, I was telling these guys on the porch before we started. Um, have you seen it before I get yes. into this? Okay. Um, I've seen Manhunter, and Manhunter was we were talking about this was a um, it was a uh, box office flop. Yeah, it made it back half its budget. It right. wasn't. It wasn't terrible. No, it wasn't. It was as far, just, I, I mean, it was oh, it was interesting. It was, I've I've read the I've read the book, uh, Red Dragon, Science of the Lambs, and Hannibal, all those other books, and it was pretty close to the book, which was pretty cool. Yeah, and it was, but, but it was a different. Yeah. So it's it's the same kind of premise. You have an FBI guy that you know, it's this is pre Clarice, and um, he's trying to solve you know a crime, and uh, it's it's the same type of thing. Hannibal Lecter's in jail, and mm-hmm. you know he tries to you know. Elicit help from Lecter, the brilliant right psychopath, right? Um, which <laughs> I think I told you guys the um, the man that plays um, well the the protagonist in the movie is played by William Peterson, who you might know from CSI, um, and um, <laughs> the Hannibal Lecter character is played by Brian Cox. And, uh, AKA William Stryker. Yeah. Well, and he's also he's also the police captain in uh, Super Troopers. I think I told these guys I, was, I saw Super Troopers before I saw Manhunter. Yeah. So every time I'd see Lana Hannibal Lecter in Manhunter, I just start laughing yeah. because I keep thinking Super Troopers. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, but yeah, no, like Garrick's saying, it was not a terrible movie. It was definitely, in my opinion, it was an art film. Which I mean, it was well, really heavily time, focused on cinematography. At the and, time, wide audiences would have. No, no, uh-uh. no. I mean, it was very much in the vein of, uh, I think I told you guys, like Blade Hunter. Blade Runner. Or Blade Runner. Blade, Blade Hunter. Blade Hunter. Uh, Blade Runner. I mean, <laughs> it, was, it was a lot more focused on the, the overall, the, the you know, the picture, the art of the film, as opposed to yeah. the story and acting and everything else, which were fine, but. <clears throat> it was um, and, and the, Zach and the psychology, the main, the main character, he's such a tragic character yeah. like, in the movie and in the book. So, like this, that movie in Silence of the Lambs, that's what they kind of focus on is the psychology of the character. So even though that movie flopped, you have a whole right. different group of people that want to make this make book it, into right. a movie. And so they secure the rights to the book, but they don't have the rights to the characters. The characters' rights were still retained by the guy who optioned the first book to do Manhunter. Mm-hmm. And he, as I understand, I, th- I think I, I'm, I'm 75% sure I got this right. 
because that movie was such a flop, he literally gave them the rights to the characters. <laughs> just no charge, signed it, said, here, See just here. go. Um, and, Take the stain away from me. And Garrick, this I found out because I was trying to figure out why when I, when I was directed in an interp of Silence of the Lambs in college, his name was not Hannibal Lecter. It was Dr. Quinn. And, medicine Woman? Yeah, I think it was pre-Medicine Woman. <laughs> But uh, in fact, I know it was pre-Medicine Woman, and I was—I looked this up to figure out why I remember it being that way. In the second version of the script for Silence of the Lambs, they changed the names of, not Clarice, but they changed the names of the FBI director guy, uh, of, they changed the name Hannibal Lecter to Gideon Quinn. Why? And they changed the name of the doctor who runs the insane asylum, or the asylum that he's in. Right. And Chilton. Yeah, Chilton. They, yeah, <laughs> they the changed worst. all their names. And and so that's I've for like twenty years I've got like I've just casually every now and then gone why do I remember it being Quinn and that just apparently was <laughs> the version what, of the script that it was, huh? the person uh, who directed me got a hold of so yeah. that it was kind of nice to finally bring closure to that mystery <laughs> <laughs> I was too lazy to Google it any other time I thought about it but yeah they it all kind of came together weirdly I mean let alone the fact that. They're bringing out this second story in a series, mm-hmm. right. and they're not saying anything about, about that first the one. previous one. Mm-hmm. No, it's different movie house, different people, different actors, different. Everything. Don't even think about that. You've never heard of it anyway. Don't right. worry about it. And then they make this story about this young FBI. She's in the last throes of her training. She gets uh, brought in for like I forget uh, uh, behavioral warpedness i don't remember the name of the department but the ones that cover social crazy, studies yeah social studies department uh <laughs> the ones that cover the crazy people and she gets you know sent on uh you know he's he's uh, what's what's the director's name the, or the, the i love him i love Jonathan that character. dim was that the actor oh i thought you said the director no i'm the sorry <laughs> I, uh, the the guy that she reports oh jack to. crawford crawford I, no, that's the character's name. Is yeah, that's what I'm actor Scott Glenn. I don't care about. Oh, Scott Glenn. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I yeah. loved him. He was in, in Daredevil. Movie. Yeah, was he? <laughs> he was Stick. <laughs> oh my! Oh my God! Yeah, dude. My brain just melted in my head. He was also in but Soccer Prince. I'm just saying. On, it might, it oh yeah, that's ears. right. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And Hunt for Red October. So yeah, yeah that yeah. I do remember. I love that character and how he plays him in this movie. Um, oh my gosh! So yeah, he takes an interest, brings this this young, tiny little F. And I mean, Jodie Foster is a tiny person. People, if you and they play that it. up, which is <laughs> yeah, yeah like they constantly show her standing around people who are just like heads Tower and heads yeah. over her, uh, which doesn't take much. But you know what? But that's what I guess that's what makes her character so great is that. I mean, she's sitting there basically holding her own, yeah. with, you know, around these guys. That, and and yeah. and there's a lot of that ribbing, you know. Yeah. Oh, she's a little oh, it's, girl. It's, in a, this, you it's know. a thing that they, they brilliantly don't overplay. If right. they did this movie now, whoever oh, was doing yeah. it would be stupid and be stupid. rubbing our nose yep. in it. But yep. they did it so brilliantly in this yep. movie to make you acknowledge it and go, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he calls her and says, I want you to go talk to this famous you know, serial killer who is also a cannibal eating victims <laughs> uh, because we're want- doing, we're doing a profile study on a bunch of crazy people. It's, he goes, he goes, I got, I got a mission. Really more of an errand. 
<laughs> he's like downplaying it. Yeah, he's not even thinking. She's like, she's all excited. She's like, yeah. I want to be in the in the special behavioral weirdness group. <laughs> this is cool. And I'm getting called off the. You know, I've been out running the course. I got pit stains and everything. <laughs> and he's like, I want you to go do this. So she goes and she goes into like this crazy supermax asylum down in the basement. You know, and the dude what flies the alien the alien ship and alien <laughs> is really nice and got a chair for her and everything. <laughs> he died by the way like three days ago. Oh, yeah, Frank, guy, Frankie Faison? Uh, is that him? Is that his name? He plays Barney. See the no, guy no, from no, Alien? No, no, no. You're talking about the guy that runs the asylum. Not the guy that Bar- runs the asylum. No, Barney the, dude, the security guard down underneath is really Barney? nice to her. Is that his name? That's not the dude from Alien. It, you're telling me that's not the dude, the pilot from Alien? I would swear that's the same dude. Yeah, he's from The Wire. That's what it is. I got to put another one on Twitter. I've been putting on Twitter all these actors that I confuse for other actors. Okay, well the the that's other the guy from Alien just died. Yeah, that was sad. Wow, I swear they were the swore they were the same person. Man, I'm finding at this out a lot about myself. Mike just looked at me with Anna Gasteyer eyes. About <laughs> so anyway, yeah, exactly. I've got little micro emoteps. Garrick's got a macro emotep. And I have micro ones. If you're bald and white, you played Emotep. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, Emotep. So, yeah. I, he, Emotep was great as Lex Luthor all those times. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, but yeah. she goes down and she meets this brilliant, but like mind bendy manipulator dude who you can't explain how um, Anthony Hopkins plays Hannibal Lecter. You have to see it. Yeah, it's uh, it's, it's an experience. It's if you've never seen this, if you're a young listener, even our age and have never seen this movie that first inner encounter is like it's, one of the creepiest things in all of cinematic history. Yeah. I will say it is one of the greatest scenes in cinematic yeah. history. Yeah. I, I, I think top 10 scenes of, of all movies of all time, I feel like is probably a safe bet. I top 25. I put money on. Yeah. Top. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that scene agreed. is just like, it, and it's not like jump scare. It's like, yeah, it's so subtle. Yeah, well, all the close-ups on Hopkins' face with his crazy eyes staring like at the camera. She, like when I first watched this movie, and she comes around the corner of the glass and just sees him standing there. I know. I like oh gasped. I'm like, oh, and it's, it, it's nothing just, happens. He's just standing there. He's just but standing it's so there, but creepy. the look on his face, and it's just—he's yeah. literally not moving except his eyes, and you're like, whoa, <laughs> just oh. yeah. It like Anthony Hopkins. Like he won, like he won an Academy Award for this, which well deserved. Yeah, he oh, like geez. he puts so much input into that character. Like he studied like insects and like uh, predators and that kind of stuff. And every blink he took was intentional. Like he doesn't he doesn't blink voluntarily voluntarily during the whole sh- the whole movie. Yeah, it's it's creepy as hell. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's just as there's, they sit down and they start having their conversation, essentially she has to sit down and, and first she's got to convince him to help her. And yeah. um, and and in order for him to agree to do that, he's he has or she has to agree to let him analyze her quid pro quo. <laughs> <laughs> and it is I mean, just his case study on her. I mean, just his observations of her and uh you know, just uh, for for example, you know, he he points out right away that, you know, it's like, oh, you've got this, you know, this West Virginia accent, you know, that you're trying so hard to, mm. you know, to cover up. And Who do you think Anthony Hopkins based how he speaks on as Hannibal Lecter? 
I've never even given it two thoughts. <laughs> I was kind of. I saw this earlier today, and I can't remember it. Yeah, um, I know one of them was Hal. Hal nine thousand. Oh, nice. Yes, yeah. just very even. Yeah, just uh, you know, yeah. never almost. I can't monotone. do that, Dave. But <laughs> why Sorry, do you think? Dave. Why do you think he's doing this up here? Well, I'll give you an idea. I bet you can figure it out. He's honestly yeah. basing it off of what's her nuts, uh, the actress in classic cinema. Uh, Oh, jeez. Oh, from the movie that we watched. The Sunset Boulevard? Sunset Boulevard? No, 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 no. Uh, later on. Oh, well, oh Catherine my. Hepburn. Catherine Hepburn. Uh, yeah. Okay. Ah, yeah. Yeah, sure. Um, like, there's Catherine Hepburn, How 9000, and I can't remember the third one. But, like, when I read that, I went, oh, my God. <laughs> First off, how? Secondly, yes! I mean, see, <laughs> and, and that's amazing to me that an, an I mean, an actor, a, a real, a, a good real, actor yeah. that really gets, I mean, not that just gets, create a character yes. by using pieces of yep. other things and and, and does his them. homework. I mean, yeah. you know, we've talked about other actors. Well, that yeah, we he, also, that he also that studied a real serial killer right. and, and based you on know, that as too. opposed to, you know, just the hot new flavor of the month who just gets up there and be, is his, his or herself. Right. You know what I mean? Somebody that can just go in there and just, you know, produce that kind of, that level of mm-hmm. dedication to the role. Yeah. Is so the real story, as you come to find out, and as Hannibal Lecter very quickly picks up on, is that Claire, why is this tiny, cute little thing with a with an FBI badge that's only good for a week? It's a temporary <laughs> yeah. badge because you're not <laughs> all the stuff yet. he observes too. He, he, oh yeah, he's a master observer. Like Sherlock Holmes, just needs to eat people, and <laughs> he's, a, he's like a he's a natural predator. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. He has the instincts and the smarts, which makes him even more scary. And he immediately sees that that uh I, I forgot his name again. The FBI guy. Which one? The guy that, that Clarice reports. Oh, Crawford? To. Crawford, Crawford. Thank you. Yeah. Um he immediately suspects that Crawford's up to something by sending this cute little petite thing who's also kind of a firecracker. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's intrigued. Okay, there's a game mm-hmm. going on. Um, and she figures out that because you get she while she's in the office earlier, she looks up and there's this there's a serial killer on the loose that they haven't caught or figured out yet. Mm-hmm. And she kind of figures out through and he figures out Hannibal Lecter figures out very quickly that they're actually going to shake him down for information to catch this guy and that this is all a ruse. Mm-hmm. Not and, his first rodeo. Yeah, not his, exactly. <laughs> and, they tried this before. <laughs> and there's a scene later uh, where she's in the car. Crawford's trying to take a nap in the fr- or Crawford's in the front. And he's like, he turns, you know, she pretty much says, you know, if you were sending me into this to try to get information on Buffalo Bill, at least you could have let me in on it. And he turns around because like, she's like, you're toying with me. You're using me because of what I look like. Mm-hmm. It, more or less. She doesn't say she's very respectful. Mm-hmm. And he turns around. And he goes, if I'd sent you in there with an agenda, he would have immediately known it and he would have eaten you alive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And you're like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would have like, exactly did the right thing. I mean, dick move, but yeah, <laughs> you know, and they have other moments like that later on, yeah. like when they go to, they get, you know, here they found a body in a river and they're going to the, the corner up in the mountains of West Virginia or wherever to look at it. And they walk in and there's all these local sheriffs, deputies and stuff standing around. They're all two feet taller than her, you know, <laughs> and he comes in and the, and the, the sheriff's like, well, you know, we picked her up. And Crawford's like, whoa, 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 he's like, some of these things are sensitive details we might not want to discuss and mix company. Turns around, he looks at Clarice, the only woman in the room yeah. with like 15 dudes. <laughs> right. yeah. And the sheriff kind of nods and they go into another room. And she's like, WTF, yeah. I'm FBI. You brought me here. She's like, right. but she d- never betrays it, never shows it on her face or whatever. Right. But later on in the car, Crawford's napping turns and goes, that really burned you when I said that, didn't it? And she's like, 
She's like, oh, yeah, you know, it's blah, blah. And he's like, you know, it was a smokescreen. I was just trying to get the sheriff to trust me. Like he was playing a game. Sure. Playing the character he thought the sheriff would need him to be. Right. And she goes, she goes, this is a great line. This is something that if it was done today, it would be your nose rubbing it. But it's a brilliant line in this. Mm -hmm. She goes, they look to you for how to behave. And he goes, he goes, what, what, what exactly? He, he, his eyebrows go up and he's, he more or less says understood. Like he Mm -hmm. thinks about it. He's like, yeah, you know, point taken. And that's it. Yeah. Right. Brilliant. The the subtleness of it. So well done. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Agreed. But yeah, so they, they examine this body prior to that and, you know, they're finding similarities and then they find, you know, a moth or a a chrysalis in her throat Mm -hmm. and, and you bring in the entomology guys, which might as well be, (laughs) might as well be the three nerds from (laughs) (laughs) X-Files. They are. Just two entomology dudes. They are the lone gunmen. (laughs) They are. They really are. I had to check to make sure that one of them wasn't actually one of them. <laughs> yeah, the guy, the guy at the glasses. Yeah, yeah, yeah I had to look because I'm just to be sure. But <laughs> I uh, love the cross-eyed guy. <laughs> the cross-eyed like, guy was great. Awkwardly trying to ask Clarice. Yeah, <laughs> are you hitting on me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those guys were great. Like, like this <laughs> tiny little touch of not comic relief, but just reminding you that. Even though she's in this big Stark situation, she still has human relationships, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and sure. it, it gives some some uh, some levity mm-hmm. just for a fleeting moment, and an otherwise very austere film, mm-hmm. you know. And so, yeah, essentially they come to start piecing things out, and they go. She goes back, and they find out that a senator's daughter has gone missing, and it's a big deal. So she goes in to Lecter and she goes, all right, you wanted something better to play game, to play ball here. I'll give you a room with a view. We're going to move you to this prison. You won't mm-hmm. be underneath Chilton anymore. It's like an island. <laughs> yeah. No, no, that wasn't. But but once for one week each year, he would get to go to this island and one hour a day, get to go out on the beach Wildside, and swim in the ocean. Yeah, right. And the the island, he looks closely when she gives the papers and it's like an animal disease testing center. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, she's like, but I assure you the beach is very nice. <laughs> and it's great because he immediately sees through it, but he's like, okay, but it's brilliant because this also total lie. Yeah. They made it up. They have not talked to the senator. This is a Hail Mary before stuff gets blown open by the FBI, who's already trying to make this work Mm -hmm. to get him to tell them more about what Hannibal thinks this Buffalo Bill serial killer that they can't find who he is. Right. And it's brilliant. (laughs) Later on, after they find out this is all BS, the FBI completely made it up and got in trouble for it. Yeah. You know, when he's when he's when Hannibal Lecter's talking to Clarice later on, he's like, Anthrax Island, was that you? She's like, yeah. He's like, he's like, he's like, that was very good, Clarice. Very good indeed. Like she pulled a, she pulled a sneaky on him. I know. And I think that's one of the the things that he likes about her is that he can, she doesn't necessarily go toe to toe with him, but she's right. not afraid of him. Exactly. And, then, and, and that, like that little thing that she got through, he's like, hmm. There's okay. such a wonderful scene where eventually in the movie, Hannibal escapes a very gruesome and terrifying suspenseful scene. Um, and it gets back to Clarice and she's with like her, I don't know, roommate, girlfriend, could be anything. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yes, 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 yes. And she's like, this she's like, great. are you afraid he's going to come after you? And she goes, no, this may sound weird, but I think he would think that's rude. 
<laughs> and you're like, yep, yep. The serial killer who eats people who just murdered a whole lot of people just to get out ain't going to come after the chick that's been challenging him and lying to him because, you know, she deserves it. Yeah. She, she earned it. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah she, she lies to him, but she always cops to it when he calls her out. Yeah, yeah. that's the other thing. She, right. she, yeah. She's, yeah. She's more or less always honest with him, and he finds that refreshing because yeah. everyone's trying to manipulate him. Except right. when she's not honest with him, he totally buys it. And so he's like, I got to give it to her. Uh, nice one. <laughs> you and your good bag and your cheap shoes. <laughs> uh, I was reading something about that scene when he was mimicking her accent. Like she didn't know that was going to happen. He oh, just yeah. ad libbed that. And her dumbstruck, like offended look is genuine. Mm-hmm. There's <laughs> lots so of they... <laughs> things that she didn't know was going to happen. Anthony Hopkins is a mad genius. I'm going to tell you right amazing. now. You can get your fava beans and your nice Chianti around, but no one knew he was going to go. No one knew he was. That was not written anywhere. He just suddenly did it while the camera's right up in his mug. (laughs) And I guess everybody on the set peed a little. I I just assume. Oh, man. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. He's he's on screen for what? 20 minutes total through the whole movie. But each one of those minutes, he's like the entire screen. Sure. He's like the greatest villain in cinematic history. Oh, yeah. And he's not on screen hardly at all. But you feel like the movie's about him. You come yeah. out of the movie yeah. going, right. you, and you know, well, you know intellectually it's about Clarice. Okay. But- uh, outside view, because I've never seen the movie. Every time oh. I hear Silence of the Lamb, immediately that's Hannibal Lecter. That's the movie about Hannibal Lecter. Yeah. Yep. And it's and not. It's, not. it's right. about and Clarice about Starling and sev- Buffalo Bill. Solving yep. a mystery. Yep. 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 He's the consultant. That's but it. That, he that tells you how good. Anthony Hopkins. Oh yeah, is in the end. Well, and how well, yeah. how good of a character yeah. that was conceived. I've, I've seen scenes with him in this movie mm-hmm. before, and it is even not watching the movie, I can tell that it's amazing. His eyes make you think he oh, wants to eat you alive. Which, eyes. You know, is a thing that he does. Seriously, it's the eyes. Yeah, man. they just. The I don't know what unblinking blue wide and they're just eyes. staring right through you yeah. and you're just like oh god what is they're, he they're not what they're he like stir, staring into you and then stirring around inside yeah, of right. you yeah. <laughs> so, you know they're, they're not like, going through you they're yeah. they're, they're devouring yeah it's, yeah, it's you. not like yeah. staring off into space kind of a look no, it's yeah. like a yes it's a i know everything about you yeah look <laughs> i mean you go to the hannibal lecter wikipedia page and it's anthony hopkins is the image yeah no, oh, no, man. nobody who else who's played the character yeah, could be swapped his, in yeah. on there. No, yeah. 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 The AFI top 100 villains, number one. Number one. There it is. Not number surprised. One. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, oh. And the funny thing is, he's not the villain of the movie. He's a villain. Yeah. Ish. I mean, he definitely he's, does a few dastardly he's things. He's basically <laughs> like a supporting character. Yeah, but yeah, he got right. best lead actor. That's it. Yeah, best, yeah. best lead actor. Best wow. actor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think they consider this. I movie, guess he would be the yeah. lead in that, yeah. Yeah, and she got. I believe she got best lead actress, as could I be, recall. Could be, I'd I'm hope not so. Sure. I think she got it two years in a row. Mm. I think she got it for something the year before, but I, don't quote me on that. Uh, don't see. record this or anything. Yeah, she won best actress. Yeah. Um, <sighs> Jodie Foster was the perfect person to play Clary Starling. That's the the other side yeah. of it that I don't yeah. think enough people notice. Yeah, because she's lived her whole life kind of being one thing instead of another. You know, have you ever seen that interview when she was younger where they're like, uh, you know, like, uh, what do you do? You know, do you, you flirt with the boys, you know, you blah, 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 the boys and she gets this far off distant look because nobody knows for another 20 years that she's 
not batting on that team, you know, <laughs> but she's, she can't back then come out with it and ruin her career. So you look and now you watch those interviews. You're like, man, she was really hiding a lot, carrying a lot of baggage for a long time. I mean, I don't know what her previous relationships are, but I'm sure that she's, there's some part of her coming up in Hollywood in a st- in a time where she probably could not come out about her own personal stuff that playing in this character probably fed a lot because here you have this person who's like this tiny petite woman in a big man's world who's just as much a badass as anybody else. You know what I mean? But constantly having to prove herself. And I feel like Jodie Foster was like honed in to completely dive in and just devour this role as this tiny, petite, fragile, but it doesn't goddamn matter. Tough girl. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. she's got these uh, these emotional baggage issues that are completely unfinished. How the lamb stopped screaming like <laughs> all this stuff. But it doesn't matter because she's going to prove she can get the job done. You know, and that's part of the thing that <clears throat> Lecter unveils is. And that's the quid pro quo. He wants to know more about her. He wants to get in her head, right. not necessarily to manipulate her. Right. It's just how he thrives. It, maybe it's how maybe it started thrives. that way, but like I said, through their interactions, he gains a respect for her yeah. for some reason. And he gets her to reveal her childhood, the fact that her mother died early, so all she had was her dad, who was a town sheriff, or the town marshal, excuse me. Mm-hmm. And then he got killed when he you know, dropped on a couple robbers and they shot him. And then she got shipped off to live with her aunt's aunt and her husband, or her mom's cousin and her husband on a ranch. And then one night she ran away and it's because she heard the screaming and it was, they were slaughtering lambs and it scared her. And she grabbed one and ran and basically got picked up a couple miles by a local sheriff brought back. The lamb was killed and she was sent off to live in an orphanage of some sort. Mm-hmm. Um, and that whole thing has haunted her whole life. And the reason why you can tell the reason why she's in the FBI, because her dad was everything to her. And that's the last time her life was put together. Mm-hmm. So she's mm-hmm. trying to go into the FBI because she wants to serve what her father did. She wants to continue right. that in some kind of, it's not like, I don't think it's like a torch carrying way. It's a literally like, it's the only her that she understands mm-hmm. is her father. Mm-hmm. And so she's carrying all this and none of this would matter. If it weren't for the conversations with Hannibal and her, where he's pulling it out of her, it matters to him, which is why it starts to matter to you, because it doesn't really have any bearing on what she does in the story and how the it plays out with the hunt for this Buffalo Bill serial mur- killer. It, it, I mean, you can tell because you know it, you can tell how it's affecting what's happening. But if you don't know it, it doesn't change anything. Mm-hmm. You only know it because of this side part of this crazy cannibal serial killer psychiatrist. <laughs> who just wants to know what makes her tick. Mm-hmm. And there's a brilliance to that, that, yeah. that mm-hmm. it folds all together in a way right. that doesn't feel forced, right. but it's also not overstated. It just works. It just mm-hmm. folds yeah. so nicely. Yep. Yeah. What a film. Yeah. yeah. Great. Yep. Best Spawned, picture. Uh, yep. Oscar. Mm-hmm. Of course, we talked about actor in a leading role, actress in a leading role. Best director. Mm-hmm. Best director. Best mm-hmm. screenplay. Best, yeah, writing screenplay. The big five. Play. It is the yep. third movie in history to get the big five Oscars. Hmm. It was nominated for best sound and film editing. Also spawned other movies. We got Hannibal, Red Dragon, which would have been the recreation or yeah. remake, so to speak, of yeah, uh, they tried Manhunter. To, they tried yeah, to man. make it and into had, a sequel instead of the original prequel. Like they kind of modified it. Did they? I've I never believe, seen Red Dragon. I would say they pulled a sum of oh, all man. fears, if you will. Red uh, Dragon is not the best. I've never seen it. <laughs> I have no interest. After seeing Hannibal, which was meh, 
The only reason I'd ever watch it would be to compare it to Manhunter, just right. to see how yeah. what the well, similarities. Jodie Foster doesn't return for right. uh, Red Dragon. It's Julianne Moore, I think. No, that no, was no, Hannibal. No, that's Hannibal. Um, yeah, Hannibal. You're thinking Ed Norton. Sorry. Ed Norton is in Red Dragon. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so I Julianne Moore, and yeah. actually, and and I've seen Hannibal. Have not seen Red Dragon. Hannibal was an okay film. It's okay. Um, it was more shock value, and this one is centered yeah. around Hannibal. Ray Liotta laughing and eating his own brain. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, best scene in that film was for me. Ray Liotta eating his own brain. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> Shortly after that, um, Julianne Moore gets real close to him, or the Clarice character, and puts handcuffs on him, and they're both cuffed together, mm-hmm. and uh, the police are coming, and uh, he goes in the kitchen, he's like, crap, 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 and he grabs a cleaver, and he looks at her, and he goes, this is really going to hurt. <laughs> and then the next scene is him on a plane. He's got his arm in a cast. Yep. <laughs> you're, thinking, you're thinking he's going to chop her hand off yep. to get it off, but he chopped his own off, which I, I think that perfectly sums up his appreciation I think, of her. I would say perfectly sums up. I think it's an overstatement. Probably overstatement, yeah. but I liked that scene. So Yeah. Uh, that movie was okay. It was okay. It was. But it's not Silence of the Silence Lambs. Silence of the Lambs, I mean, it's 30 years old, not 35, 30 years old. And <laughs> watching it again in the last couple of days, I was blown away at how perfectly it holds up. Yeah, okay, nobody's got cell phones. Everybody's still using Bakelite phones, right? We, you know, there's even that line at the end, don't bother running a trace. I won't be on that long. You know, it's like, who runs a trace anywhere? We have caller ID. You know, none of that matters. But the film holds up 99% perfectly to the way films are made today mm-hmm. i i was and i was telling garrick this earlier the one thing that i noticed in the first 10 15 minutes of the film the score is a little screechy a little string heavy which is it that felt dated and this is it. everything else about the movie mm-hmm. perfectly yeah and up. actually i mean it's got i don't want to give away too much for i mean we've literally described we, most of the plot well, but eh, except for the ending no the, the hannibal stuff which isn't main well, to the I, plot that's true I, we haven't gone much there's, on the there's some stuff. there's I some pretty much know the movie so it's not like you're ruining okay anything. yeah I, it's i do the 30th anniversary guys <laughs> okay all right well i do appreciate um the the scene where they think they've got it figured out and they're getting ready to break into buffalo bill's house and um and Clarice has gone off to question somebody else, you know, and thinks she's going to be questioning somebody, and it's it's flipped. They they go to an empty house basically. Yeah, and a little she shows bait and switch there. They yeah. make you think. And the funny thing is, they're going to Calumet City, which is just south of Chicago. All right, and she's in. I think it was. I think they called it Belvedere, Ohio, or something. It looked like it was Wheeling, Ohio, actually, because of that mm. bridge that goes over the river there. I've been over it a thousand times. I over swear, the River Kwai. Yeah. Uh, I swear oh, that was Wheeling. It's a good movie. But um, I love it whenever whenever Hollywood tries to depict any part of Illinois that isn't Chicago. <laughs> I am always just so blown away by the majestic rolling hills and, and mountains <laughs> of Illinois. <laughs> yeah. Calumet City had all these beautiful hills rolling background. I'm like, that is the flattest place yeah. on oh, Earth. Yeah. And, but here's the funny thing. Every house in Calumet City looks exactly like the house that they had. It was the, it was the right house, but everything in the background was just like way off. Way off. It's every, every, it, any, it never fails. It's like, right. oh, hey, you know, here the suburb of Illinois, they were all built on cornfields. Yeah, all of all them. Of them. <laughs> all of it. Every one of them. <laughs> Illinois, other than Chicago, is a cornfield. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Even Chicago is pretty flat. It's flat. For all intents and purposes. So. Uh, yeah, but yeah, then she, 
is the one who's actually, and she thinks she's just wrapping up some questions because she talked to Crawford, who's right. on like a freaking, you know, C-130 or B-17, mm-hmm. I don't know, big old plane in the air. And he's like, we got him. We know who he is. Right. This is named uh, Jamie Gum, or Jame Gum, as it was on the on the import <laughs> ticket, because he called somebody in Asia and they wrote the name down wrong. Oh, yeah. I, such a brilliant detail. Yeah. Jame Gum. <laughs> and he's like, and, you know, we're going to go pick him up in Calumet. You stay there and just get some questions that we can all, fold, you know, ask the locals. Right. We can all fold it in together because he was working with somebody over there. And oh no, actually he stayed there. <laughs> He's not in Calumet City anymore. <laughs> and Clarice oh, just man. oopsies right into, into the door him. with him. Yeah, that that whole scene is great. Oh Where yeah, it's it's pitch black, and suddenly, well, even before that, just like the whole awkwardness. Well, the con- yeah, the conversation. The conversation. You know, oh, she's yeah. like she's like, do you know this? Uh, no, she doesn't live here anymore. Like you, you know, there's all of you heard. Have you heard of this? No. Uh, yeah, was she like a big fat girl? <laughs> <laughs> she was a bigger girl, yes, or yeah, no, no, no. I read about her in the paper. Like, he's clearly lying <laughs> in the worst he, way, and she senses something, but she hasn't he sensed keeps that. awkwardly trying to get information. He's like, So, yeah. the FBI found anything? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, she's like, I might have her son's phone number. Oh, that's fine. Can I use your telephone? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like I'm sitting there going, "Oh my god, oh my god, when is this going to go south?" Yeah, right. And it goes south because basically she just decides this is it because yeah. she figures it out, pulls the gun when he's getting that, a glass that nice of water. That nice thing when he looks down, when he's looking at the cards, trying to find the the one with the phone number of the son yeah. of the chick that, <laughs> that is- you don't know this, but he murdered her and let her rot in a bathtub in the basement. <laughs> That's not even a thing for another few minutes that the person that she's asking about right. is it's literally a rotten corpse, corpse in a yeah. bath rot. It is disgusting. Uh, you only see it for a second. Yeah, you know? Right. But like he's looking through the cards and she just does that quick thing with her hand where she just unsnaps the, the gun holes. Yeah. Just, just, yeah. She Han Solo's it. Yes. Straight up Han Solo'd it. Yes. Snap. But then, yeah, that whole scene going through the, the basement. scene where it goes dark and then suddenly the it, you're seeing from <laughs> out of his eyes. Yeah. And- and he's got the, no, the visors. No, I love, the, you're missing the part where she drops the gun and he just like does this thing where he flails his arms up and just like sidles <laughs> yeah. around the corner. That cracked me up so bad. <laughs> yeah. And then he's down in his labyrinthine what? basement of doom oh, with the go. pit. <laughs> and it's got the girl, you know, it puts the lotion on its skin or else it gets the hose again. <laughs> and she's down there with his dog Precious. I'm going to kill it. I swear I will. He needs a vet, man. <laughs> it's the senator's daughter down there. And then the best, I love the interaction with Clarice and yeah. her down there. Because she's, she's threatening like, her. You you I need to leave this here. room. And she's also yelling BS to make him hear it. She's like, the other, the other officer is going to be here any second. You know, which is total bull crap. <laughs> right. But then the whole thing with her, like, like she's like, I'm going to leave the room, but I'll, I'll be back. And she's like, don't you leave me, you F&B. <laughs> like, she just starts cursing her. Like, you know, this woman's here to save you. Yeah. But, this, uh, I mean, this chick has been psychologically tortured yeah. for, what, uh, weeks? Yeah. At this day's yeah. weeks. Couple at this couple days, point, yeah. Down in this pit, in this well, in this basement that Pennywise will crawl out of at any second. Oh, man. <laughs> oh. Great, 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 great. Mm-hmm. Have you guys seen the TV series? Hannibal? Yeah. I've seen a few episodes. It was... Got Mads. Not bad. Yeah, it's got yeah. Mads. It does uh, have Mads. Lecter. Right. He's pretty good, actually. Not bad. I think he got props for that show, but I don't think yeah. it lasted very long. It's hard but... for me to understand him, because he's not as eloquent as Anthony Hopkins. Yeah. 
Because he's like, he's got an accent. I think he's trying to hide it. Oh, yeah. Bit. Not Anthony Hopkins does too. <laughs> yeah, but he's better. <laughs> he's better at hiding it. Yeah, it could be. This, oh, wow. What a magnificent film. Mm -hmm. Honest to goodness. I, I feel like, I mean, when people, when you bring it up, oh, yeah, that was a good movie. That was a good movie. But I don't feel like it gets the love and the play that it, that it still deserves because of how good it still is, man. That's that's a heck of a yeah. film. I mean, we even talk about the scene where they roll them out with the face mask on. Everybody remembers Hannibal Lecter on the dolly oh, yeah, cart with right, the face right, mask yeah. mm -hmm. and the orange jumpsuit. Talking to the senator. Yeah, and the senator comes out and he's talking about, you know, you know, did you breastfeed her? <laughs> <laughs> you know, an amputee loses his leg and can still feel the tickle where the leg was. When your daughter's on the slab being dissected, <laughs> what do you think's going to tickle? Talking about her nipples. <laughs> Are your nipples going to tickle, tickle when you feel that, find out that your daughter's dead? Oh it's the most disgusting, disturbing thing a human being could say. Yeah, and right. she's immediately like, we're done. Send him back to Baltimore. You know, He's like, great at pissing people off. Oh, yeah, so cool. just immediately like, I'm going to find your button. Boop, there. That's how uh, easy it was. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And his escape, too. Thing. You uh, You alluded to it earlier, but his escape is... Oh, horrifying. <laughs> One of the, yeah. I mean, the the guy walks in the room and you see the guy crucified on top of the cage. And you're like, oh, dear God, what am I? And, and the, the banners, those like Amer those like U.S. banner things hanging above look like angel wings, almost yes. like demon angel wings. Yeah. Oh, it's like gosh. it's horrifying, yet artistic. Yeah. Yes, right. <laughs> and, is, and at the same time, uh, I'm like, man, he must be an engineer for the leverage that he figured out how to get that guy hoisted <laughs> up there all by himself. Like that whole part where he's perpetrating his escape. It was oh, just frightening. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. It's, it's got that classical music playing. Yeah. His little oh, tape deck. Geez. And they got to bring his dinner into him. So, they, you know, they, 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 he puts his arms back through the bars, then they cuff him so they can bring him dinner and, and then they'll uncuff him, let him eat, right? Is the idea. They go to set it on the table. The table's covered in his drawings. He's drawing Clarice, oh. nursing Jesus or something, <laughs> nursing a lamb, and the crosses <laughs> are in the, the background. Virgin Mary. Yeah. And, and, Jeez. and all these drawings that he's done and he's put them all over the table. So they go to put the things down on the, he goes, mind the drawings, if you would, please. And these officers are like, they've said, if you treat us good, we'll treat you good, right? So they stop, they roll up the drawings, you know what I mean? And then they go, they set they set it, the food down on the floor, roll up the drawings. And when the guy goes to bend over to pick the food up again, that's when he, boom, latches, <laughs> handcuffs him. And it, the whole thing was planned. He put all the drawings mm -hmm. out just so he could say, oh, can you not put the food up there? And there's nowhere else st stable to set the food except right. the floor. And he's got it all planned out, and it's yeah. just that's ugh. that scene where the cop gets up, yeah, and sees that he's handcuffed, and you're and just the look on Lecter's face, you're like, oh god, Jesus, dude, he's got me, <laughs> oh, man. Oh. And he's, and takes he's the got, baton and, he, and just he takes a bite out of a guy. It's like so he he's has that, yeah, like when he's blood. beating him, yeah, and you just see that close up on his face. It's that, like he's conducting an orchestra. Yes, <laughs> yeah, he's got they they wash him out, so he's like his skin is extra like white. Yeah, it's so but creepy. the blood the blood on his mouth. Yeah, yeah because he bites red. the guy's nose like what Garrick's talking about. Uh. And the great thing is there's a scene before that where they're in the elevator and there's this young like local law enforcement dude. He's like, they say he's a vampire. Talking about Buffalo Bill, not Lecter. <laughs> and Clary says, no, they don't have a word for what he is. Okay. <laughs> and then later on, like just like a scene later, Lecter bites the dude's nose off and his blood's all running down his mouth and he's washed out. Like Gary uh. said, so he literally looks like a vampire. Yeah. yeah. And that next scene. And, and it's, and yeah, like the orchestra baton waving as he's just bashing this cop's brains in. It's it, that <sighs> that scene is so good. Like yeah. the the camera angles, the color saturation, everything. Like it it, it those camera pans around. You just see 
blood splatters everywhere. And you would think they had him in white so the blood would show well. Yeah, It's actually exactly. Anthony Hopkins wanted to be in white because he said people are already afraid of doctors and dentists. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> Hannibal Lecter needs to all brilliant. be completely in be white doctor, yeah. to instill that that higher station of fear. Yeah, right. You know? Oh, so amazing. He's, he's a He's a brilliant man, yeah. Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, Sir Anthony. Sir Hopkins. Anthony. Sir, that's right. Oh, I'm sorry, Sir. Yeah, Philip Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> yeah, dude, what made the West World? Anyhow, this has been a wonderful discussion about a wonderful film. And if you're like Howie and haven't seen it, nut up, sit down, and watch an amazing movie about the mind of a serial killer. Except it's not about that. It's just about how that impacts. He just happens to be adjacent to the story. That's right. Mm-hmm. Mm. And yet you get, it's like two stories for the price of one, really. You know, depending on how you get it, maybe the price of none. I'm just saying. <laughs> Anyhow. I do have to ask. Oh, Uh-oh. here we go. What draws people to enjoy this type of, like, if this is like, everything was true yeah. and I, I see the appeal of like, Oh, okay. There's this true person. I want to know more about the story. Right. But there's a lot of people who like watching even saw even true stories <laughs> for like you, you watched like the, yeah. those murders. The, I right. sure did. The yeah, that's series. my wife. She likes that. What, stuff. what draws people to these types of things? I, I can only speak for myself. Cause I think that I, I don't believe there's, I believe there's different answers for different people. I really sure. do. I don't I, think it's one. I believe thing. that too. Um, but for myself, uh, I know that I have a crazy interest in cult leaders, serial killers, basically anybody who's like a sociopath or a psychopath interests me. And I think the reason for that is that despite your one, despite the fact, <laughs> despite the him. fact that I'm a complete dick, <laughs> I'm actually I'm Takes a, one to know one. And I, I believe that I have, uh, uh, and I'm not saying this in a I'm a good person way, but I believe I have a lot of empathy, meaning when I see people in a situation, I have trouble not feeling well, for them. why I don't like watching these shows. Right. So, but the thing <laughs> is, what happens I'm as a result, there's for me, and this is why I can only talk about me, because it's kind of, it's not an easy answer. At a certain point, my feelings become so dramatic that my survival instinct turns them off pew, and goes, all right. We're turning off the feelings, and now the intellect wants to know what the hell just happened. And so then the the intellectual curiosity kicks in when my feelings shut down. And so it's like, all right, I can't use this side of me to look at this. So this side's taking over. I want to know this. I want to know this. I want to know know every piece about it. I want to understand it. I want to dissect it. I want to know how does someone get to the point where they turn into this? How do they act? How do people fall for it? You know, Mm -hmm. it fascinates me. Because I'm just the kind of person who, I don't know, I don't want to eat people, kill people, lead people to drink Kool-Aid and kill themselves. I don't have the desire to do any of those things, but I want to know what makes MFers do. You know, that's me. And I don't think that that would be a common answer. I think a lot of people just have curiosity of the unknown. I think it's as simple as that. I think expanding on that, like my wife, she likes watching the, you know, the murder shows and and all that stuff. Right. You know, it's, it's the stereotype of, you know, the... <laughs> the woman that likes, you know, watching, you know, yeah, and they cut her arms off and they cut her legs off and they cut her lips off. <laughs> those, oh, those kind of shows. And uh, I, I changed um, my mind. I do not want to watch TV with your wife anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but no, even even more than that, because I'll sit down and watch sometimes. It's more than just the psychology of the perpetrator. 
I mean, there's a whole psychology that you see played out in the courtroom with family and everything oh, yeah. else. I mean, well, it's, it's of, amazing a lot, a lot to of me. Like the terror of the victim. Well, they like that that feeling, uh, that terror. I, some that of the do some of the me. worst stories that we've watched are when like a husband kills a wife or vice versa, mm-hmm. and then you have a child who's lost a parent. The to other the, parents yeah. on trial. And they're getting put away, and it's amazing to watch. Okay, all the evidence points that this parent killed the other parent. But that's all I got. But that, so cha- I have to that child it. is like, oh yeah. my god, I ha- this is all I have. I have you to know? reject and that because that is the saddest thing to yes. me. And yes. I mean, it's just the psychology all again, the way around. Why now, does see again, that again, my emotions. <laughs> because if I start so. if I start feeling it too hard, it switches right off, and then my intellectual side goes, "Must have more input. Need input." Stephanie and like, maybe maybe for the population and this is just speculation on my part that it's just so so outside of normal everyday life that you're just like I, you're right yeah I ask that question how do you get to that point how does someone get to the point where okay you know instead of I, I want to get I want to hook up with this guy but you know what instead of just getting a divorce from my husband I think my option killing him is the better option for me. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> How do you get huh? there? I think for a lot of people, it's a comparison. It, it, it's economies of scale and situation, but it's the same thing. Why did man go to the moon? I don't know what's up there. I want to know. You know, it's it's that thing. Is there people going, you know, I don't know how someone who lives in a cult, like lives in a cul-de-sac, just like my own in a, in a, in a, in a culture, just like my own in the same socioeconomic status, just like me does crazy batshit stuff like that i want to know how that happens because i don't want to do that so i want to know how that happens either because i want to avoid it or i just need to know more it's 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 that curiosity of the unknown especially when that unknown can feel oddly close like salt lake city how is somebody blowing up blowing up mormons what drives a person to do that is it a mormon hater i'm not going to tell you but i mean the whole thing is like this is like the safest calmest vanilla is place on earth you know and so well what if i i live in a pretty vanilla place is my neighbor gonna blow me up you know it, it's that kind of a thing just like i i need to know more i always need to know more uh it's a tree knowledge man he bit the fruit bit the fruit need to know mm. For not me, everybody pressure because people were making fun of me because i hadn't seen silence of the lambs <laughs> so i went out and watched it yeah <laughs> Do I have no interest in any of this stuff, but Silence of the Lambs is really good. Yeah, man. Well, I think that's one of those things that kind of makes me even more not want to watch it because it's done so well. You're, it'll it'll get it's under even your more. Skin. It's even more, you know, tripping the, you know, like the victims. Like I, I always have a problem with having too much empathy for the victims and mm-hmm. just. I've turned shows off because I'm like, I can't take that. See, and that tells me that you don't have the fuse that gets blown like I do. No, it just like, it keep, literally it keeps my amp- fuse, I, I'll do the same thing. I have a I have a bigger fuse than you. Yeah, you hear fuse. And it keeps amping up and amping <laughs> up. You know mine what? is mine's short and it blows. <laughs> and then uh, I'm just immediately in full on analyst mode. I'm actually more like you. I generally don't like that stuff, but I, I think Silence of the Lambs is is just in a different category because there it's it's such a layered and deep movie. I mean everything I it it is what I think manhunter tried to be back in 86 it is what they, a lot of movies have tried to be since yeah yeah I, I agreed and and i just i don't even know if you can replicate it but it's just so layered on so many levels there's just so much there to consume um that it's you know I, the the murder part of it, it it's 
kind of just a sliver of that film. And I guess maybe that's why I can get through it. What was know. that James Spader show that you liked where he was like a bad guy who was advising the good guys? Wasn't there a TV series Blacklist? on NBC? Oh, yeah. Blacklist? Mm-hmm. All of that stuff comes from this. Like yeah, all, sure. I'm not going right. to say this is the genesis, but this was the genesis for most well, people's consciousness. In popular culture, sure. Yeah. Yeah. All that traces back. Like this is the, the kind of the granddaddy in pop culture of that kind of subgenre. Uh, and, and it's because they did it so dang well. So, yeah, I have a hard time even comparing those two as far as. Right. I mean, right. They're... But I mean, thematically, that's kind of where it comes from. I well, think. Yeah, maybe. I mean, he, I'm sure there's examples. He, of he's not a serial killer. Right. He's, 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 he's James Spader. I don't know. Ultron killed like a whole town of people. Well, I'm talking <laughs> yeah. about his character. Quick <laughs> silver ground. Yeah, dude. Sokovia. Boom. <laughs> wow! And technically, we're going back to superior crap now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's partially responsible for Westview, New Jersey, as well. Yeah, yeah. Indirectly responsible for Westview. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. James Spader. Anyhow, go watch Silence of the Lambs. People is what I'm going to say about that. Don't watch Silence of the Lamb, people, if you don't want to. Watch it, even if you don't want to, because screw that. And That's then go get a euro. Then yet a year. Don't go give in to peer pressure like Garrett. Eat did. lamb so that they <laughs> stop screaming. Because <laughs> it doesn't always oh. work out when you give in to peer pressure. Oh, it always works out somehow. You know what I Until say when I look at you? You come dead. across to me as a rube. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, yeah. I would like some rube. I would like oh. some water. So we're going to wrap this up right now. Let's do and that. And we're going to say, hey, y'all join us on Discord and talk oh, to us hey. about the first time you saw Silence of the Lambs or what you think of that movie. Uh, by going or to are you on Team Howie? Nobody cares. I mean, <laughs> just keep it to yourself. Team we're going to. I thought for sure you. we had him convinced to watch this movie and he's not going to watch no, it. No, he's really not. He's really, oh really not. No, that's a, I actually, that's a matter of principle. I've all, every time I've had discussions about Silence of the Lambs, I'm always. On the edge, like I know Have it's you a seen a Clockwork movie. Orange, Howie. <laughs> it's that, nothing like I wanted orange. to shoot myself. I didn't finish Clockwork Orange. <laughs> I don't blame I you. To die. Most people can't now, finish that. Don't watch it. Did you get to the part where you had to watch the movie? Yes. <laughs> Excellent. That's where I ended it. I don't think I even finished it. Makes so you feel better. Strap you in it a makes chair. You feel better. The movie more eyes. or less ends it there too. I mean, because <laughs> I, I just had a great idea for some reason. Oh, no. oh, <laughs> uh, it of the lambs is a fantastic mystery sus- like quiet mystery suspense crime movie i'm with, I will, with a side dose of psychopaths i stuff. don't doubt yeah that there will be a moment in time where i'm in the right headspace where i f- feel like i'll be able to appreciate that movie without going full on um like crazy right. emotional mode. There's a couple of gruesome scenes in the film, but the most terrifying thing in the entire it, film, Anthony Hopkins eyes. Gruesomeness has it. Yeah. That's nothing. Anthony Hopkins eyes it. are the things that will yeah. you wake up sweating it's, in the middle of the night. <laughs> it's yeah. You yeah. know how, you know how you like gauge on something on whether your wife can watch something. If, if it can if happen, it, on if the it fr- could theoretically happen on the front lawn, then she'll that, watch it. I teeter on that when it comes to those types of things. Like if I feel like this could be my neighbor and they're going to eat my children. <laughs> oh, yeah. geez. It like gets deep and that's that's where I struggle. Yeah. If it helps, there's no kids. It there's doesn't no kids. Help. It doesn't help. 
Yeah, that actually that hurt that hurts for me when it's kids. I get real troubled. That, well, like that, that was the hard worse. that was the hard part of watching that Richard Ramirez stuff is that there yeah. were there was kids involved and they had one lady who was one of them who was like she was raped and set free at like ten. And I'm not watching that shit then. And she's interviewed and she is she is a strong like I want to hug this lady. I'm gonna give her like like a, like an air hug. I don't want I don't want to touch her because I want to like trigger her or anything like that. <laughs> but she she's a badass. You know what I mean? A badass. And but that was almost the clincher for me because when it, when we bring kids into it, that's when I, I fall apart. And, and the, suddenly that fuse like somehow gets like clicked back on and suddenly it's 10 times wider and my emotional throughput just overwhelms me. But as long as there's no kids in it, I'm fine for my sister. It's dogs. <laughs> she can't watch anything where a dog gets hurt. Can't do it. Mm. The mm. woman is made of stone that reduces her to blubbering. <laughs> Jeez. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's pretty bad. You can get reduced to blubbering by joining us on Discord. Go to betterkind.com. Click on the Discord link. Join us on the Discord server where we're talking about all this kind of stuff. We're talking about Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which dropped today. All right. We've been talking about the Justice League Snyder Cut. We might go into a little bit of detail next week. Stop. Stop it. I concur. I'm looking forward to it. (laughs) Thank you. But join us there because we're having a lot of fun over there sharing dank memes. Just and leave like, it on Discord. Run out wherever you get the podcast and give us a nice little review so we can reach more listeners just like you. In the meantime, I'm Corey. Over there's Mike. 99. Over there's Howie. Over there's Garrick. Ah, the lambs. Yeah. They're they're screaming. Yeah. Silently. You know, you know what goes good on lamb? Chopped Tzatziki? Or, mint jelly? Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is mint jelly. Nice. That's yeah, that's true. <laughs> I've had that before. It's tasty. Mm-hmm. I would try it. I'd buy that for a dollar. I don't think I'd want it in any other venue other than that. Mint jelly, yeah. yeah. I, I tend to agree. I don't think I could eat it on toast. You think you could, what if you had chocolate-flavored mm. bread? <laughs> chocolate and mint goes to, dude uh, i had a i had a, like a chocolate dipped mint oreo earlier and it changed my life uh, you guys like thin life. mints right thin mints are delicious yes yeah. they're the bomb dude that's yeah. chocolate the bomb diggity. Right there, man. they're mint they're thin chocolate mint. they're delicious yeah they're thin you can eat 12 of them but jelly thin mint yeah. with jelly well, okay. meat. all right all right all right all right what like if you chocolate chocolate bread like a like a pumpernickel with chocolate flavor. Okay. Like you a toast babka? it. Sure. You toast it. It's oh. now chocolate toast. What about a chocolate sourdough? A little butter, bread? a little mint Ooh, jelly. Chocolate sourdough bread. <laughs> Maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like I feel like I'm going to have to buy mint jelly for the next the in a couple <laughs> podcasts from now. We're gonna have to experiment with mint jelly. <laughs> which is it's oh, not like kicking off the mouth. theme song because it already played. That's all.